Welcome listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I have Astrid of Apples and Beavers with me. So welcome, Astrid. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So tell me, first of all, I want to know where the name Apples and Beavers came from, but also uh, for my listeners, let us know how you got into quilting. Okay, I'll start with the um, Apples and Beavers name. Um, it's been a while that I have had this little logo, a B. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I have it on all of my patterns at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that logo minus those three dashes that indicate the sewing part of the quilting um, used to be like my little art logo in high school. Oh. So, and I don't know exactly, there was just a time in high school where we all thought we were fancy by coming out with our little signatures, <laughs> just some of our fancy artwork. Yeah. That's where that came from. And yeah, I was lucky enough that my last name, well, my last name changed when I got married, but my initials didn't because they both started with a B. So I was able to keep that. Oh. And then I had to come up with a business name. At the time, it wasn't really about business because it was in 2014 I believe when I just started a blog as a hobby Mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be memorative but I didn't want it to be too descriptive because at the time it wasn't just about quilting it was I don't know some baby food some random arts and crafts wall murals like anything I kept myself busy with Mm -hmm. and then I want to say it grew from there it got stuck (laughs) (laughs) cute and different but I also feel like I could evolve in all this kind of different directions because it's not too descriptive yeah that's awesome so yeah so I I kind of touched a little bit where I come from I would say I have been always somebody fascinated and addicted to crafts in all Mm -hmm. kinds of ways like I don't know when I talk to like relatives who know me or friends who know me from when I grew up they always knew me as a kid who would always yeah, just be busy crafting, whether it was felt or wire or little beads or anything. Like I had tons of that in my little room. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was always doing something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if you have this urge to create something. I think you, you cannot really do anything against it. It's just mm-hmm. so I was always busy doing something, but it was yeah, pretty much anything. And also, I grew up in Germany. You can probably hear from my accent that I'm not Native American. I, I live in Canada now. Okay. Um, so I did not grow up with any exposure really to quilting because quilting is not a thing in Germany. Like people do arts and crafts and they knit and they crochet. And I guess they also do sewing projects, but okay. like not in a niche of quilting at all. Oh. I think there are some that are discovering this as a hobby right now, but it's like not, it doesn't have any tradition over there. So I want to say I grew up without any exposure to that. So I would sew other things like the little drawstring bags or my mom had a sewing machine when I grew up. Not that she was sewing a lot, but I familiarized myself with that machine at a fairly young age, I believe, and just did small projects or little pillows for my dolls or you name it, right? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then I don't know life happened and at some point I met a Canadian and in 2014 I moved to Ottawa and I don't know I don't want to say that all of a sudden there were quilts all around me but right. I don't know, just 
noticed them more. And there was a cute quilt shop that I started seeing and going to. And I don't know, I've always liked being around fabric. So when my mom would go buy yarn to, to knit socks or something, I would always make sure I could, when I could, I would join her to go to the department store and just hang out in the fabric section. <laughs> <laughs> touch things or just look at things you know yeah and yeah at some point I made my first quilt I think yeah my sister was getting married and I just felt like oh I've heard that this is like the wedding gift to make right yeah. <laughs> so it was a very very basic quilt I think I just cut 10 or 12 inch squares with my scissors sort of a cardboard template you know no rotary cutter or anything yeah joint my squares I got like a terrible package of batting from Walmart, like all <laughs> like the polyester, you know. Mm-hmm. What that was. It seared it terribly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know, oh. but apparently it wasn't bad enough because I feel like if I wouldn't say I had a very smooth start to it because also while quilting it, I didn't have a walking foot. I think I broke like eight or ten needles just in the process. Oh my gosh. It was rough. yeah oh my gosh that's so it's funny like I feel like the people I've talked to their first adventure into quilting has not been very good it's been like really rocky and and lots of problems but they're still like gosh dang it I'm gonna keep quilting and you're like (laughs) why are we like this I don't know because I don't know. I feel like there's so many other hobbies that I probably did not venture into because of that rough start. Right. Like, yeah, that's so funny. And it's it's crazy, like, because then that makes you go, oh my gosh, yeah, the quality of materials matters. So people are like, yeah. oh, you can just quilt any old fabric. Or you can just I grew into appreciating like quality materials and tools so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a difference. And like, I think too, always growing up around crafting and, and just doing lots of different things, because my mom's always been really crafty too. And, but she's always sewn. And so she was able to kind of show me like, you actually want high quality materials. And sometimes, you know, you can go with like the cheaper fabrics or whatever. But you know, if you're doing something that you want to last, you really have to go for the high quality stuff. And it like well it's not cheap but you know anything that's lasting isn't right so yeah. it's the idea of like what you're putting into it is what you're going to get out of it so how I've started appreciating like any other people's crafts or art like so much yeah. more like I don't know as a kid I was I don't know I don't know you would see like an Etsy listing for something and just feel like whoa or just on a craft market for Christmas and just think how is anybody going to spend that much money for that? Exactly. Especially if you have a bit of a crafty talent and you just feel like, yeah, I could probably do something similar, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's yeah. different now. Yeah. Well, so once you made that quilt for your sister's wedding, was there a long gap between the next time you made a quilt or did you start oh, right gosh. away or... There wasn't a long gap. I would say it was generally at a time where like making a quilt was still keeping me busy for an extended period of time. So I wouldn't just whip it up in a weekend like I do now. Sure. I think I still, I like I, 
I got got hooked right away and I was probably figuring out the next one while I was still in that project, but I didn't feel like boom, 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 there were all my quilts. I was still doing small projects to like make a zipper pouch here or do this and do that. Mm-hmm. Using up my scraps, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And then I felt like all these little projects or my bibs for my kids or like they were, yeah, still fairly mm-hmm. small at the time or decorations for their room or just like um, a changing table cover, like basically a quilt, but also really small, just like a bench mat. Yeah. Stuff like that. And yeah, and I was spending some time on Pinterest, <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. So for inspiration what I could make and this and that and then I just found myself referred more and more often to Instagram which I was like never on at the time like I, I had a Facebook account but I was never really into social media at all mm-hmm. I still don't call myself a social media person because I'm trying to like exclusively do that for the business side of it but I did create like an Instagram account at some point like also more I think to, to look for more inspiration or for more connection with like-minded people because in my family like it's there's not a lot of crafters <laughs> not a, like my mom would hem pins or she would like occasionally make us a halloween costume or something but mm-hmm. she wasn't going a lot yeah so it was more about like finding more inspiration and then it, it was kind of a like I didn't plan to make this my business. It was at a time where I had small kids, where I wasn't really looking into getting back to work at all, but I started showing what I made. And then like pretty much right from the start, I had people, oh, you need to make a pattern. I want this. Yeah. <laughs> so without thinking much, because I, I mentioned I already had the blog, so I needed to figure out how to add a shop functionality to it, but I already had like sort of the platform to serve it to people. Mm-hmm. I, I used it and yeah months I had yeah my first little kingdom pattern out with like the little castle and tower okay. that were really just an add-on to another quilt pattern that I came along you know pen and paper pattern by Lindsay Neal and I just loved her little trees and houses I, I don't know I still have like a soft spot for house quilts because I find they're so cozy and neighborhood and just the thought of all of that togetherness and that all worked so well yeah I just felt like okay but I need to bring my own spin to it because mm-hmm. I'm terrible in following instructions I always just look at the pictures more and then yeah yeah, reading the directions is really hard. I, I'm visual too, so I want to see, I want diagrams, I want pictures, I want examples. Yeah, so then I figured, yeah, I don't even know exactly how that happened, but it's still like, yeah, okay, I have a little girl and she needs to close at some point and let's add some castles instead of the houses. So yeah. it was just a old block pattern at the time and people could buy that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, by now I transformed it into a pillow case so it's a standalone and doesn't require the other pattern to go with it yeah but yeah that's so fun and now you've got a bunch of patterns and <laughs> that's so fun well awesome. I don't know I didn't really plan for that niche either like it's all if people see it now they think all fairy tale and space and mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it's just I guess my kids and yeah interested in yeah well there's so much whimsy in in your style and and what you come up with and I think it's so fun you can kind of interchange 
you know, different block patterns with and add them into the larger patterns that you have and kind of customize what you what you've made. It was also not an idea that I had like from the start, really. I just I, I well, to be honest, I, I did like the dragon was my first bigger pattern, but I also thought like there was like so many people who had contacted me who wanted this to be ready today or better not even yesterday, right? To, right. to stitch up. And I just felt like, okay, I have this dragon, but when I launched this, how can I maybe encourage people to also buy my other pattern, right? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought I was greedy or if I was creative, but <laughs> I don't know. I then realized that it was a baby quilt, and then there were people say, yeah, but I want to make this for myself. How about you come up with an option to make it bigger? So mm. then I had this castle tree set up around to make it into like a more significant throw size yeah and that worked like right off the start and then i just kept doing this because i don't know (laughs) it's just work to add on something later because i i also wanted all my patterns to be independent like you can Mm -hmm. purchase a pattern and then you're able to finish like a complete project you're not just left with a block right and if you you don't have that creative need to to change it or to customize it you mm-hmm. can just follow the directions and you have your pattern yeah but then if you want it to you could right yeah that's so they're so cute and and i love that you know you've been willing to be flexible and give give people what they want but also staying true to your style and and what you know makes you happy in the process and the designing so yeah i think i have actually um struggled with that for quite a bit because as soon as i um, released the dragon i did have people say you need to make a unicorn you know (laughs) we want unicorns and i was was just i always felt like no i can't do it like i'm not a unicorn candy rainbow colorful happy clouds you know Mm -hmm. no can't do it (laughs) me but then these requests kept coming and at some point i just thought okay give it a shot so here's my sheet of graph paper and i'll just try like if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but yeah and now here you are than myself right yeah and i don't know i'm so happy i did because i love the result yeah and it's really like the kind of unicorn that is me it's i don't know yeah maybe like the unicorns you would see in the cartoon for the kids movies but that's also like I, i'm not what is like really really sweet and mm-hmm. i don't know yeah but i think that's like your people find you right so when you're niched in and you're doing what you love and and you're staying true to yourself the people who resonate with that as well they find you and they'll be loyal to you and so i think even though it might not be someone else's unicorn it's definitely going to be for other people too like yeah it might not be you know super sweet candy rainbows whatever but like there's also the option as quilters we can buy a pattern and then we can also further personalize it by putting our own twists in it by fabric choice and you know those those things and so I think just giving people a good base they can they can run with it and then you know if they love your style they're gonna still come find you even if you know you don't 
adhere to certain other people's standards, if that makes sense. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I I totally agree. And if I think I had been talking to somebody else and giving that sort of advice, I think I would have said the same thing. I just find it always for some reason so much harder to apply your own truths and your mm -hmm. own convictions to yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I must say though, I, I was a little bit maybe nervous instead of it hard, but you have seen the cover with that really dark purple background and stuff. And I find those were like sort of moody fall colors and all of that. And I, I was not sure if that would resonate with a lot of people. Oh, I but loved I, it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I wasn't sure. Like there's always so much. Yeah. Certainty, right? Especially if you've built up for like a project for so long. Like I think I drafted that unicorn last or earlier this year, like in January or so, and I didn't release it until September, oh. which is still like a long period of time. But if it's always there and you're just right, like you worked on it, right? So for me, it was always there, but I didn't share it until like two weeks prior or so. Yeah, and that's the moment where you feel like. So what's happened now? I spent so much time on it. <laughs> yeah, like people better like this. <laughs> well, I, from what I can tell, it was really well received and it's so cute. And I, I love the moodiness, like the moody fall colors. That's, I mean, I like bright, happy colors too, but I kind of really lean into those kind of deeper tones and, and that's really it it sang to me so I think you know thank you no that's good to hear I I don't know I just felt like I need to do the way I would do it yeah because, and that works yeah yeah and I think you know just that keeping into the idea of of keeping true to yourself and and like you said it can be really hard because you worry what other people are going to think but but I've just, I've found in my own life and in regard to whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter if it's the podcast or if it's the quilts I'm making or, you know, just being out in public with my friends, the more true I stay to who I am, even when it's hard, the better the results. I feel better about the situation. The people who truly support me are the ones who are going to be there no matter what. And, you know. There's always going to be haters somewhere, but you just have to kind of tune them out and just be like, this is, this is my thing. This is what I want to make. And if you don't like it, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know? So. Yeah. Kind of like you can't try to be mainstream. That's not my goal. And I wouldn't, I don't know. But. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you found a really cool spot in the quilting world because you're making these cute, whimsical things that maybe aren't necessarily like, super cutesy in essence but I think like I was saying before you you have all these options for personalizing and you have little block patterns that you can add into the larger quilts if people wanted to make them bigger and stay true to the style of what you've created and I think that's so fun because you can really stick with your style and further personalize and and still, yeah. still oh, it's so rewarding when you get messages of people like they send you an email and say hey I made this and I I don't know I added the stars to the dragon and it's so like oh well yeah that makes sense why didn't I think of that right but that's also fun too because then you're getting even more creative ideas from the people who are using your patterns and 
and they're putting their own creative vision into it and giving it a new, a different life. And I think that's kind of a fun perspective on, you know, what you're doing. I don't design patterns, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I just think, you know, we have our own vision and our own perspectives and like what we see. And then when other people can interject theirs into it and help you see a new perspective it's like oh my gosh you're right that is a cool way to do that or you know oh I never thought of that now you've got a new option to share with people and and I think that it's cool yeah that's so cool so do you have like a million quilts around your house or do you are you kind of minimalist with it I've started putting them aside and I'm thinking of maybe doing a sample sale later this year Mm. Just because I have more than I can realistically use in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to say the kids each have one or two. Yeah. Usually they have a bed quilt that stays in their bed and then they have a kettle cuddle quilt for the TV or to mm-hmm. build for or whatever. Yeah. But I have also gifted them away. Like it's not. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I have more quilts than other people that are like being actually used Mm -hmm. yeah I I have a lot but I think a lot of times like I think like oh I could probably get rid of some but at the same time we use them all the time like but you you, didn't say that you even have this Airbnb where you (laughs) rotate all your quilts just to have a reason (laughs) well I mean it just happened that I did have you know, some good quilts around that I could, you you know, use for that because I had some access, but, you know, I want to make it an excuse to keep making more quilts, but at the same time, the, like, <laughs> my conservationist brain is like, please don't, like, that's too much. And so I think if I'm going to do new quilts for that, I'll probably like cycle out the ones I have and gift them or or try to sell them or something because yeah I think there is a point where it can be a lot I don't have the perfect long-term plan yet so I think I'll see how that sample sale goes and if that's something that works and yeah like it's not my main business right so I don't need to make like prime prices for that right but I also don't want to give them away for free so right let's see if I can somewhere find like a good middle ground yeah yeah, and I think keep making samples. And at the same time, I don't think I'm somebody who makes like tons and tons of samples for my patterns all the time. Like if I'm writing a new pattern, I probably have one main sample and then one secondary one with like an add-on or something just to show it off. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't think like right now I also can't make like hundreds yeah. and hundreds of quotes. Right. Yeah, it's time consuming. And I think especially when you're trying to run a business, it's like, okay, what is going to get me through doing the things I need to do for for the business aspect, you know, get the the job done, get the point across. And then, you know, if you have testers or whatever, then you can show off their work. And you don't have to have, you know, 20 different versions of of your quilt, you can let other people make different versions. And show yeah. those. So yeah, I, I yeah, as I said before, it was not really a business that I had planned for a long time.
time, I grew into it. And I think now looking back, a lot of things went really well. And yeah. it, it makes more sense now looking back than <laughs> right. at the time, really, it was more random, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, it was more like, yeah, okay, let's sell a few patterns. Maybe I'll get to the, to the point where that pays for my fabric, right? I didn't necessarily mm -hmm. see that as like a main income for my family or something right. that I could like really grow after it was like I'm at home I have those kids like this is fun let's share this with the world yeah <laughs> and let's go from there and now that I'm like a little more serious about it I, I didn't necessarily expect it to like take so much time in computer work and yeah. behind the scenes like I, I spent so much less time with my time machine <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah I, that's kind of a common thing I keep hearing from from pattern designers is that they spend so much time on the computer with the design and not as much time sewing and quilting as they used to. And and I think there are, you know, my business is slightly different, but I think there are some kind of things about having the business that you don't necessarily think about. You're like, oh, it'd be so fun. I can make all these quilts for people and, you know, get yeah. get to quilt, but not have to keep the quilts or you know, spend the money on the yeah. fabrics and stuff and, and feel good that I'm doing something for someone else. But yeah, it's like the amount of time I spend talking to people online or through Etsy or, you know, just answering questions and getting specifics through people. And then, yeah, you know, there's choices, confirming with people, invoicing them after, right? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's just so much more to it than than just like, oh, yeah, I just sit at home and quilt all day. I quilt very little compared to, you know, what it might appear. It just because of all the administrative tasks that you have to do behind the scenes as the person in charge of your business. So Yeah, yeah and especially now over the last year, um, in March, my daughter lost her daycare job. Oh. So lost her in daycare. Okay. Of the year, I just had to see how to deal with that, right? Because she was at home with me, and she's not a little girl who likes to play by herself a lot right now. <laughs> so and I started to think, okay, I have these patterns, I have these projects that I really want to get out this year. Like all of these deadlines were just self-imposed, and I wasn't sure owing anybody anything. So it was really just myself. But I still had some goals that I wanted to reach, and then right. at that point to actually hire out most of my sample making because that yeah. was like so much easier to delegate than writing the pattern itself and to like customer mm -hmm. service kind of tricky like if they want to answer questions answered and I'm the person who knows it's hard to delegate yeah yeah it's nice to have someone else to lean on and say hey can you do the can you handle this aspect for me so I can you know focus on this other area of my life and examples of the patterns that I released this year I only made half of them right <laughs> and I think that's okay I mean I think it's really easy to fall in the trap of thinking that you have to be the one to do everything and and I fall into that really easily and and I think yeah, oh my for gosh sure. for sure yeah so it's I think it's good and it's a good practice to to ask for help when we need it and even if it's in regard to our own personal business like it's still 
okay to get that help and to get that community involvement. I think the more I learn about, you know, human, the brain and human development and our emotional development as, as people and like community keeps coming up as the most important piece of healing and growth. And, and so like, oh, okay. So it is important that we lean into each other and that we, we call on each other when we need, when we need help and, and find other healthy, you know, willing people that are share our vision and want to help us grow as well. And so I love that. I think it's great that you had. I don't think I felt guilty or that I felt like it was a failure to hire it out. I just, that's good. It was a little bit attached to it because like the sewing part is still one of my favorite parts of it. Right. <laughs> so I feel like I that little part away or at least partially. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it worked out. It's just fine. Yeah. And is she now in school or? Yeah, she started kindergarten. Okay. Yeah, two weeks ago. Oh, man. Kindergarten can be tricky because, you know, some kids are just like, yeah, I love school. I'm so excited. And some kids are like, I am not ready. I just want to be at home with mom. (laughs) I think she didn't know exactly herself because I don't know here in Ontario, we have junior and senior kindergartens. We have two years. Kids start here, they turn four. Okay. And um, so they might be younger than some areas where they start kindergarten. Mm -hmm. But since she is the third of three, I always felt like, yeah. And she has always been doing all this stuff with the boys. And she has been coming around. She has seen it every day when I went to school. And then we came back. And then she told me, like, all of last year, she told me, no, I want to stay. I want to go to. For the first two days of school. And then she started, "Eh, can I come back with you? You're like, no. I think she's fine. It's just that moment in the morning where she has to say goodbye that gets the struggling a little bit. Yeah, that adjustment period can take a minute, but we have fabulous teachers and they know our others, so we have good connections already. Yeah. It's all good. I know yeah. she's in good things. Yeah. And I know I she's going all day. Yeah. Yeah. She'll she'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny, like how just how every kid is just so different in a family and how you just have to like treat each one with their own personality. And, you know, it's like one might love school. The other one might not love it so much. I mean, thankfully, thankfully, my boys have always loved school and that hasn't been, you know, a problem, but Mm -hmm. they're still very different humans. And so it's just funny how they. Just, yeah, I think ours for the most part they like it too. Like I mean, yeah. But I think while our oldest, he would just have like made a pouty face, but he would still have just walked in the door and just done what he was told. Like our youngest, mm-hmm. she he would just sit down in the middle of the road and have her tantrum. You're just <laughs> yeah. Just, you think you're prepared after the older siblings, but not necessarily. No. Yeah, the baby always throws a curveball in, right? <laughs> yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, it's funny to see to see mm-hmm. them grow and and change and just get their own little lives yeah. and their personality. Like in the beginning, I also started like that quilting hobby, sewing. I don't know, just as something to have besides the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And something that's just my own. Right. But then started making all kinds of stuff for them or stuff that was inspired by them. So really, it was not anything that 
I could separate. Right. You're like, well, I guess this is just my life. Yeah, I guess. But then, I don't know, at some point, our oldest ego requested a rocket quilt, so I had to make a rocket quilt. Yeah. From there. Yeah. That's so fun. And I think, honestly, like, I love... I love when things are inspired by the people I love because I feel really good about making it and it feels more exciting to me. Like, Oh, I get to show this person, you know, how, how much I care about them and, and how much what they love means to me that I'm putting it into a quilt or making something for them specifically. Like at a very young age, they were like my biggest fans and they were just, Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's so cool. You're like, I know, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's so great. Have any of them shown an interest in, you know, designing or making their own quilts or? Um, yeah, a little bit. Like when I'm like drafting stuff where they have used my coloring sheets also to color them out or they have modified stuff or they have just started drawing things following like the grid on graph paper. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like we haven't really sewn a lot which is mostly because I find they need to focus on one and I don't get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. So we haven't mm -hmm. really had the chance too much. I'm yeah. kind of tempted to, to snack my oldest and have him help me during my upcoming sew along. Yeah, that would so be fun. I don't know exactly how much I can involve him just because like it's not necessarily like a super, super beginner pattern, but yeah, he will have close decision, so maybe. Yeah. I think I was also not necessarily trying to involve them too much because I wanted it. Like I don't didn't necessarily want to share it. Yeah. No, I can understand that. I don't know. I think it sounds a bit selfish, but I just felt like they have toys all over the house. They have everything. Like, like they claim everything. I just mm -hmm. didn't want to my sewing machine. Yeah. No, I think that's fair because. You know, I think sometimes as much as we want our kids to share in hobbies that we have or things that we love, I think it's really important too to to have that space to go, no, this is just mine. This is something I do. And if if you find your way to it, awesome. And if you want help, if they start asking questions or whatever, I'm sure that's that's fine. But I think, you know, as as parents, we forget that we're we're our own person too. Like we're not just your mom, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, that's why I've been waiting a little bit for them to show interest on their own, which yeah. like what they're starting to. And he wants to know how like the thread goes through the machine and down and through the needle and what happens. Yeah. So I, I think it's fun, maybe more fun now. Like I've never tried to serve it to them on the silver tablet thing here. Want to pull this? Yeah. No, and I think that's good too, because sometimes I think it's easy to start shoving things onto our kids well, you're going to like this because I love it. And so I want you to love it. And, and instead, mm -hmm. if they, if they naturally find their way to it, because they see what you're doing and, and it piques their interest and then they come to you. I think that's even more special because then they're, they're showing their own genuine interest and not just, oh, my mom makes me so with her. <laughs> you know? well, it's funny that you said that because interestingly, I've heard so many cultures that say like, I have resisted my grandma or my mom trying to teach me how to quilt for so long. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I haven't done it and I haven't loved it. And then all of a sudden, life circumstances or whatever, I actually gave it a try and then I started loving it. But yeah. I really didn't want to before. Mm -hmm. That's so. how I was. <laughs> I, 
the sewing machine gave me so much anxiety as a kid when my mom was trying to show me and I was terrified to to break her machine because she sewed all the time and so you know it was just one of those things where I was like I would just rather not and never have to be responsible for having broken her machine or put a wrench in her craft and her hobby and then you know yeah like my two two of my three best friends were had started quilting convinced the other two of us to start and then even though that was very hard and awful and I cried a lot I still I think you see the end product and you're like okay that was worth it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm like wait now I get to wrap myself in this thing that I made and I mean it's on my bed right now it's falling apart in some spots because I used to ignore seam allowances and try to get it as close to the edge as possible because I don't know I felt like I was wasting fabric or something you know but it's fine I can just now I'm like oh I know how to fix that so I'm not super worried about it and yeah but I think it just ends up being so many different things and like techniques and Mm -hmm. like if you just want to whip up something quick you can but if you want to get lost in detail you can also exactly quote the entire thing or you can try send it off to someone like you or yeah (laughs) yeah exactly I mean I didn't even long arm my first quilt my friend did because she had already learned how to long arm and was renting the machines at the at the quilt shop that we learned we all learned at and she took it and long armed it for me and she just did a meander, but it was cute. Cause she like put hearts into it. And she, um, I, I always have a hard time finding it cause she hid it so well, but she just, she put a heart a, because my husband and I both have a's starting our name. And so, um, we have the same initials, which is funny, but, um, but yeah, it's just cute. And so I love that, like my friends and then my other friend who had, you know, the two, who were previously quilting um beth was the one who bound it for me and then jen is the one who long-armed it for me so um, was a community project too. yeah exactly and they were the ones who helped me put it together i mean i i did all the sewing of the you know the piecing but they showed me how to do it and so it really was a community project it really was like you know the the three people outside of like my husband and my family that i trust the very most with with things you know guided me through this thing that I now love and you know it's all I think about most of the time (laughs) and I feel silly because I'm like always talking about quilting but I'm like it's just it's become a huge passion in my life and and so I don't get I don't care I people don't want to hear me talk about quilting they can just press mute but (laughs) or they can walk away from me I don't know but yeah so I think it's it's just a fun reminder that yeah, that community piece again, right? Like that was so important in building my love of quilting is having people around me that cared enough to help me. My mom included, even though I ran away from her sewing advice for so long. She's like, oh, now you want to sew. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so about that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe your kids will come to it later and maybe not, but. You know, at least they'll always know they'll have seen the process and how much work goes into it. And so now they'll always have an appreciation for other quilts and and other people's crafting. Because I think when you see that, then, you know. Yeah. Or just that idea that you can do things or you can make things or you can. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go to the store to buy something. 
exactly. Like, oh, there's a way to do that myself. And yeah, and I think I think showing showing our kids that like the problem solving process, thinking through, you know, multiple solutions to a problem. And I think quilting solves a lot of problems and just the skills involved and it helps your brain think a different way. And so there's definitely times where my quilty, I call it my quilt brain when I'm like in thinking about quilts, it's like actually helped me solve other problems because I was able to look at it from different angles. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So unicorn garden just came out this month in September. It's so cute. And so do you have any like pro new projects you're working on? Or are you just going to be focusing on that so long for a while before you I think like I do have, like, I don't know, always too much on my list that I want to make. Mm -hmm. I'm not even started, but I, I do want to focus on that so long also just because it's my first so long and I just don't want to screw up. And sure. That's I don't know exactly how much time actually goes into it because I don't know, writing a blog post is something I've done lots of times before. I have a feeling how much that is, but I don't know how many people are going to, to contact me for support or like right. need more than that or what else goes into it. Right. So I don't want to have yeah, any other timeline in parallel. Yeah, that makes sense. If I, have, if I have spare time, I will work on something. If not, it's fine. Yeah. I don't have any other deadlines for the rest of the year. That's good though. I think yeah, trying to focus on one thing at a time is is good, especially when it's the first time you've done a so long, you know. That's I've yeah. never participated well, I'm trying to appreciate and I'm also learning to appreciate my flexibility that way because sometimes I find it hard to not have somebody to tell me today we do this. Mm. But if you don't, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So like to decide every day again what what am I focusing on because I have limited resources and limited time right so yeah what is going to move the needle or what am I going to do today or what do I just need for myself or right yeah yeah it's and, when you are know, your own boss yeah or yes on a day like today where the kids are at home like it's, I don't know what I would do in a different job I find it like I'm thankful for the flexibility but then on other days I just like, yeah, but why do I, why do I have to take the cut again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, decide, but. yeah, yeah. When you're the, when you're the boss and you're the one making the decisions and the schedule and you're like, oh, too much decision-making. Yeah. I get, but I, I get just, so I'm, I'm not, I don't owe anybody any reporting. Like, it's fine. Yeah. That's nice. That is nice. So you can be flexible and you can say, you know what, I'm not going to set these deadlines because I want to do this other thing. And so I think that's cool that you're not, you're not beholden to someone else's timelines. So. Yeah. Which I don't know. I have regretted or not regretted sounds a bit hard, but I have been contacted by a few people, companies over the last two years. If I wanted to do some cooperation or just do this and that. And I'm like most of the time I'm Sorry, yeah. I love you, but I can't commit. Yeah, it takes right. me as long as it takes, and if, if that's good for you, cool. If not, sorry, those aren't my boundaries right now. I just can't. Yeah, and yeah, which also like 
was more about the fund than any like big financial background with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's just something that it can be a bit lonely mm-hmm. to be limited to like customer online and social media connections for the most part. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, you see the likes and you see the shares and it's all nice, but you don't actually know most of those people. Right. You're still just sitting in your house alone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's why it's, it's always different when they actually send you a picture with their baby on the quilt and you just be like, oh, yeah, it did make a difference or it's like changed somebody or it's mm-hmm. somebody struggled with something and they made it through or it meant something to them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel silly, like asking people to, when we've made quilts for them and sent them off, I'm like, please, you know, if you share on social media, please tag us. And it feels kind of silly, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I want to see that you're taking the thing that I just spent so many hours making for you and that you're incorporating it in your life or that, you know, showing it, showing that you've gifted it to the person that you said you were giving it to and, and their reaction. And, you know, especially we've made a couple of like pretty painstaking quilts for people that ended up beautiful and so cool. And, and, you know, mostly worth it, not totally, but mostly worth it. And it's like, and then we don't hear anything. And I'm like, I want to know, like, did your, did your girlfriend love it? Or did your mom love, you know, it's like, who I want to know, please tell me because it, yeah, yeah, you can attach to it, right? Because you, mm mm-hmm through your hands yeah yeah so I there have been a few people you know who've gone back onto our Etsy shop and shared a picture along with their review and that makes me happy because then I'm like okay they're they're they feel good showing it instead of just being like it was great and then maybe they're just being nice you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like no I want to see the pictures like you know I made this really gorgeous quilt in January it was like um uh, it's the mountain valley pattern by okay. oh my gosh my brain just went blank on her name anyway um yeah and it was all pinks and purples and she was just you know this girl in her 20s just buying a quilt for herself because she wanted it and I was like heck yes I'm so excited to make this for you yeah. and, and and she did she she sent pictures and and shared them of of the quilt on her bed just like she said and I was like oh my gosh okay like it's just so satisfying. And I think as quilters and and especially when we're creating for other people, it does mean something to get to see it in action and and see that people are actually loving it and yeah. and using it. But I think it. that's also like like a privilege of this specific type of business. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I don't know. We're we're selling something that's supposed to make people happy, whether it's through the post process of creating or for the being gifted to them or mm-hmm. what it is yeah it's it's mostly only connected with good things a good feel yeah maybe the pain of making it sometimes but sometimes oh, there's a few quilts I've wanted to light on fire but I didn't and it ended up being fine but yeah I think I think there's such a labor of love behind it that that you re- it really does matter that the people that are on the receiving end do like it and and that it goes it comes full circle it's like you want to see 
the end result of that, whatever it is, if it's people making your patterns and, and being so happy with the end result, or, you know, people requesting a quilt be long armed or having us make a quilt for them from start to finish. Like we want to know that, that the finished product is what you wanted and that it's going to, you know, carry the weight that you wanted it to carry. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes social media can be good for that because then you do get to see those things. But if people don't tag you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just find social media also has its kinks sometimes. Like some yeah. days it doesn't work or. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Well, I'm so excited that your unicorn is out there and living and that, you know that you stayed true to yourself in creating something that other people wanted, but it oh, fits yeah. right along with everything else. And it looks, it is, it's definitely you. It's got your personality and, and, yeah. you know, you, you can just see that it came from your brain and because it goes with all the other things you've created and in sense of style and, and just how it looks. And so I, I appreciate that. I love seeing something and instantly being able to recognize that it belongs to a certain person. And so, oh, I don't know. I find that's always so hard to see or to describe your own style. Yeah. Or just recognize it. I don't know. I, I see that I made this bird and that I made the dragon and that I made the unicorn. But to me, they, they don't necessarily all look cohesive. But yeah. I don't know. I think I just, I see your, I see your hand in all of it. And so maybe you, maybe we don't always see it for ourselves, but I definitely, yeah. I definitely can tell. And as soon as it popped up on my feed before I even saw that it was, you know, your Instagram, I was like, that's, that's Astrid. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. Like I could just tell right away. So Aww, I really, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's really special. And so I'm really excited to, to see people's versions and their, you know, see the sew along and I won't be participating, yeah. unfortunately. Why I'm so excited about it because yeah, just, it's just going to be a bigger number of people hopefully sharing about it. Just yeah. Showing off what they made. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And getting to see other people's visions of what it can be is, I think, is yeah. going to be so fun. So. Yeah, because there's always people who just do it completely differently just because they start to go scrappy or because they do this, because they add mm -hmm. embroidery or whatever after. And yeah. Yeah. There's so It'll many ways. So so is there like an official sign up for it or people just, are you just having them follow along through Instagram? Um, I do have a sign up form on my website just because then that's the way how I can make sure that they get their weekly emails and get mm -hmm. fed what they need to for okay. that week. It's not like it's all free. It's, there's no. Sure. I will also, once the so long is over, I will probably make it public on my website. I just didn't want to have to it while I'm still in the middle of it mm -hmm. so I would want it to be usable as a resource after like the pattern is the pattern and it should have all the instructions that you need to make it but if you want some extra support along the way right it will be a on our website as well okay but I think that's going to happen after it's done yeah so, sure November, so. <laughs> okay so they can go to your website and sign up if they want to participate and otherwise it'll be the, the further support will be there after the sew along is over. Yeah, because I am planning to have like a blog post or 
for every week that we're doing where I'm giving tips on the cutting part and on the piecing part and just staying organized because there's just probably more different pieces than in most patterns. Yeah. How to make the experience as smooth and as enjoyable as it can be. Mm -hmm. I just think if, like, I want people to sign up now and then to follow through if they can. Yeah. So they will have access during those six weeks. And then afterwards, it will also be accessible by everybody else, or whether they joined or didn't. Sure. I just find it, I'm a little worried that I might create some mix up for people or myself if they get the weekly emails and then also see it in my constant feed on my website where it just mm -hmm. pops up as the blog posts become available. I'd rather do it all at once. Yeah. About it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we'll definitely link your website in the um in the show notes so people can get to that. And um that'll be so cool. And otherwise on Instagram, your apples and beavers. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So people can get to you there as well. <laughs> you can technically find me on Facebook as well, but I understand it's mostly just a mirror image of what's happening on Instagram because I have to check mark there to post yeah. there as well. Yeah. I don't know. It just it can't do it all. Yeah. I'm mostly focusing on Instagram because I find it's also what I have been doing for the longest time. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. also find it in Pinterest, but I find it's different there because it's not that process that I'm sharing. It's more like trying to get catchy pictures yeah right? to yeah. go to my website and ideally purchase something in my store yeah. Is, yeah and you don't have that parallel or synchronous speed there and it's just it pops up whenever mm -hmm. yeah it's a different beast <laughs> so yeah unless you're looking specifically for a dragon quilt or a unicorn quilt yeah i think you, it'll be more random whether or not you come across or not yeah Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really appreciated chatting with you and learning about your journey. And I'm, yeah, I'm so excited to, to share out, you know, with people about your so along and hopefully, you know, more people will hear about it and, and join with you because I think it's such a cute project and I'm excited to see the versions that people make and just to see all the different creative ideas out there for it. So. And wait, it'll yeah. be awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.